Hello and welcome to the Beautifully Nasty Podcast. I am your host, Bianca. And happy Wednesday, y'all. I am I am just so happy to be here this week. I feel like I've had a great week just because I've been feeding off of a lot of other people's energy and I've seen so many people for whatever reason. Maybe it was Valentine's Day and everyone switched the dialogue to just loving themselves and it was just beautiful to see people putting that energy into themselves and seeing what they bring to the the table in this world. And it just, it really warmed my heart because, you know, this whole podcast is about that. So when I see other people loving on themselves, it is a beautiful thing. And I think also I've just been so happy because I've been so lucky to have been able to talk to all of the artists and creative people this month. This topic has really brought a lot of really great, amazing artists into my life, whether they're friends or people that I've never met. It's kind of re-energized my spirit of, it's re-energized my drive with being an artist. And I just want to thank them all because... Every single artist that I have spoken to has just been so inspiring and it's just the drive, man, the the drive that all of these artists have during this really difficult time. It's already hard enough being an artist, but then to throw this pandemic and just life's natural hardships that come up, it's it's really, really inspiring when you talk to to artists who are like, yeah, and I still put in the work and I still push myself to to put in the hours to stay consistent with my craft and to really put out art to help other people so other people know that they're not alone and to express human emotion that a lot of other people cannot show or cannot express. So support your local artists, support your friends who are artists. I know personally it means so much to have any kind of support from people. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for inspiring me. And I think the best thing about this month's topic and this podcast in general is that all of these guests are inspiring others who listen. So I hope that y'all are loving them because I am, I sure am. And today I am so, so lucky to bring on one of my friends from New York. When I moved, I moved straight to Washington Heights and I became part of this wonderful group of people and I was welcomed into the Uptown culture and they became my family. And I'm so very grateful for the people that I have met there. And I've met a lot of artists and this person happens to be one of them. And he is all about influencing people in a positive light. He keeps the energy up. He wants people to succeed. He knows he will succeed and his energy is just incredibly contagious. And I am so excited to introduce you to my good friend, Dean Morrell. Welcome to the Beautifully Nasty Podcast, Dean. I'm so happy to have you on. What's up? I'm so happy to be a part of it. Thank you for asking me. Of course. So Dean's actually been one of my good friends from New York. I brought him on because I know that he's an artist. That's how I heard of you. Actually, you came back to town and I heard all the little gossip. The little birdies. (laughs) The little birdies. (laughs) Who was like, who's back? (laughs) I was like, oh. 
but yeah, I, I was in Staten Island for a bit and yes. I came back to Uptown and I had to reestablish myself. Exactly. But at that point in time, I moved to New York like I moved to New York when I was young, like early 20s. And I moved right to Uptown. I had no family. So everyone Uptown became my family. Of course. Yeah. Yes. So and that's the molding age. Your early 20s. That's the impressionable molding age. Who am I going to be? Oh, yeah. So that definitely became half Dominican. It, it was a place in my life where I was like, I was struggling, but thank God I had y'all up there because I never felt lonely. When I did feel lonely, I found a, a, a place to go, a party to go to, a, a family, a family's house. I, I feel like I have so many Wailas who are just like, someone no. would take me in and I'd be like, I haven't eaten a home cooked meal. I don't even know when the last time I ate a home cooked meal. And I'm like, thank you so much. And I felt so, so welcome. And it's now honestly, you guys are my family. Yeah, it's one of the best um, things about Uptown. Like, it is. just that family connection in which like you're not even intending to have but it just happens like uptown everyone somehow knows everyone exactly somebody's connected exactly exactly i'm sure people have their stereotype of it or their misconception and i'm like no you don't understand uptown is the reason that's what kept me in new york like i would have been i would have been left if i didn't have that support system from my family uptown. Yeah. So th- thank God I the found The camaraderie is real. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. It is. And then, so that's how I met Dean because mm-hmm. we were all hanging out and then you came back, you made your big comeback. So what was that like? So you grew up uptown. I grew up here my whole life. I was born in Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. Okay. On 168th. Yep. And I lived here practically my whole life. I lived here until I was 14 and then I moved to the Bronx Mm-hmm. And then I went to Penn State for a year. That was a horrible learning experience. Not horrible. I want to say it was a learning experience within itself. Yeah. And 19 and beyond, I came back to Uptown and yeah. became everything I was. I had to be. <laughs> what made you feel like that was a, a learning experience for you specifically? And did that play in how you looked at yourself? You mean coming back? To Uptown? Going from your roots to somewhere different and having to learn about yourself. Oh, like, I think I learned most about myself during that one year in college because I never had that alone factor. Okay, independence. I never experienced that. Like, coming from a Spanish household, independence isn't really a real thing. Like, you're, like, coddled throughout everything. Are you hungry? What time did you get in? Oh, this. Do you need this? What do you need? Here, eat. Make sure you eat. And it's like, all right. Then, I know it's like when I would walk out, everyone would be like, "You got a cab? What are you doing? Yeah, walking the street. Yeah, food. I gotta go. I'll go to the deli for you." I'm like, "Oh, thank yeah. you." Like when you so, don't grow up like that, uh, that's nice. But you growing up like that, I can see the transition of whoa. And then walking across the street to the next block, like somebody knows you. Oh, Dean Anthony, you all right? Dean, oh, what's good? What's going on? But damn. So then being in Pennsylvania, getting that culture shock where I'm like, I don't know any of these people. It's a whole lot of white people I'm not Mm -hmm. used to. And I don't know how to be independent. I don't know how to, I have to go to the supermarket. I have to do this, I have to do that. Even though we have meal plans and stuff like that. But unfortunately, I got kicked off of campus for doing all the wrong things. And I had to get an apartment. Yeah, shit happens. Yeah. I got a girlfriend, got caught up with that. Ended up realizing college wasn't for me. 
And then like, where would I end up coming back to? And it had to be the Heights because I felt like home. Like that's where I felt safe. I'm big on security. I'm so big on security and 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 safety. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to com- connect it to complacency because I'm not a complacent person, but mm-hmm. I like to know that my my backup plan has a backup plan and I'm okay wherever I'm at. Oh, for sure. That's why when I moved to the Heights, like I didn't have anyone. So I was like the same way that you felt when you were in Pennsylvania. But the yeah. difference is, is that I felt welcomed. So yeah. that made that transition super easy for me. It's why I stayed for as long as I did yes. because I felt cared for. I felt loved. I felt comfortable. So I totally get that. Do you think that in the process of loving yourself, was that good to have that experience? Yeah, it taught me how to love myself. It taught Mm -hmm. me like figuring yourself out is learning how to love yourself. Yeah. So many people, you know, fail to realize that in order to love yourself, it's it it takes time and it's a trial and never thing. And you got to and in other things, this is why a lot of people's relationships don't work because you how can you love someone else if you don't even know how to be you or be comfortable with who you are? You can't love somebody else. You can say, I love you because it's a feeling. You feel that, but you don't understand it yet. I feel this way about you, but I don't, I still don't get as to why I feel this way about you because I don't even know how I feel about myself. Exactly. And it's crazy because when you're that age and you're still in that mindset, you're going off of all your feelings and just like very impulsive all the time. It's crazy when I look back at that time in my life and I'm like, wow, I had no idea. But I guess that's the well, point. that's the whole point. But the beautiful thing about that feeling when you get it at that age where you don't understand it, it's raw. So Mm. it's pure. It's a pure feeling. Yes. So, oh, I feel this about X, Y, and Z, even though I don't know why, but why is this feeling coming to me? I don't understand it yet, but this is how I feel. So I'm going to go with this. That's that impulsiveness. Like, I'm just going to go with it. I so relate to that. And when you were growing up, how were you as far as like growing into yourself? Always uh, growing into myself. I was like, I had such a long, goofy, doofy phase, like a (laughs) goofy looking phase. Like my mom used to always tell me, don't worry, you're going to grow into your looks. So I didn't have a girlfriend in high school. Like, I was like, yo, am I ugly or something? Like, everybody likes me. Stop. Everyone Stop. liked me. I was on a basketball team. I was a great ball player. I still, I was scared of girls to keep it real with you. Scared of women. Yo, that is crazy because that is the opposite of how I met you. Yeah, I, yeah. you I, I didn't touch a girl till I was 17 years old. I didn't touch a girl, like, at all. Like, I was so scared. I was did like, it? I don't know. I'm not trying to. <laughs> but you figured it out, we hope. <laughs> yeah, I said, fortunately, I did, yeah. <laughs> fortunately <laughs> and fortunately, like, that it's a gift awful. and a curse. Yes, yes, I was just about to say that. But you have the girls that you love, and then you have the girls that you've hooked up with. And there's more girls that I've hooked up with than girls that I've loved. I've only loved three girls. Do relationships play a big part in your music? Oh, like- my God. Fuck yes. I'm a, I'm an emotionally driven person. I am emotion first. Like, I don't want to take it to horoscopes, but I'm a cancer. All feeling first. Yeah. Logic is second for me. Mm-hmm. I run with how I feel at all times. And that's, what's in, that's what inspires a lot of what you're doing and what all you create. The music, all of it. Even if I'm not talking about a girl, it's driven because of whatever pain I felt from women. I, I could be talking you. about like, oh, my God's about to run in with the guns and rob you. It's probably because I'm angry at a girl. Yeah. I, f- I feel the same way because I feel like I'm so emotionally charged when it comes to relationships. That's when yeah. I feel 
for me personally, when it has to do with a relationship, I, with usually a significant other, no, but friends too. Sometimes I get worked up with friends. I get emotional. And that's when I feel like if I don't let it out creatively, it stays in and it manifests into a really toxic. Internalizing is the worst thing in the world. It sucks. Internalizing sucks. And sometimes you do have to internalize. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Did you ever keep things in a lot? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've Oh, my God. I've gone to therapy, which I I really suggest everybody goes to therapy at least once in their life. Try it because it's so beneficial. The majority of the guests who I've brought on here, you've all said you got to go to therapy. And I don't know if it's just there's been a misconception that if you go to therapy, you're weak. You're you're weak or you have an issue or there's something. Nah, it has nothing to do with that. It's being able to talk to a third party without feeling any judge. This is how I feel. And you're not going to judge me on it. Exactly. What did you feel like your life was like when you didn't have that? It was horrible. It was horrible because I had a lot of internal feelings against my father. Mm-hmm. I had a, I had an on and off father my whole life. Excuse me. <clears throat> no, Congested you're good, you're a little. Good. Yeah. yeah, I had an on and off father my whole life. Yeah, and it really affected me really bad. Yeah. I was raised by old women. Other than my stepfather, my stepfather was really great. He was still my stepfather, and I kept that boundary up. And I, but I love him like to death. He's my second dad for sure. Mm-hmm. But I love my father. My father's a superhero to me. Even to this day, he's the only one that makes me smile the way I smile. Like makes me laugh. It's crazy. I love him so much. When Even you, though. That's what I was going to ask. When did you get over that period of angst towards um, I learned to let it, I learned to let it go mm, through therapy. Okay. Like learning how to move forward. Even though I've always pushed forward with my father, I've always internalized. I've always just been like, oh man, but you did this X, Y, and Z. Like you've like, I can only imagine what my mother went through with you, but it's all hypothetical. Right. It's all, I don't know. I don't have any factual, but I know based on how I've assessed you, I know what she went through. Can't do anything to change that. And that causes a lot of stress on your heart. It fucked me up. About your mom. I'm sure. I'm sure. I've never, because I've never met a woman so sacrificial for her own life to make mine better. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. get that's what mothers do. And fa- that's what parents do, fathers and mothers. Mm-hmm. And my father was, like I said, he's a superhero to me. Still to this day, he's Superman. Like when Superman flies in and he saves you for that moment and then he flies away again and you don't see him again. <sighs> it's the yeah. worst feeling in the world. Yeah. And person. my father used to live two blocks away from me and I would see him maybe five times, six times a year. Mm-hmm. This is as a child. And I understood this stuff. So mm-hmm. that that was me internalizing. I've been internalizing since I was six years old. Have you ever talked to him about it? Yeah, definitely. And he can understand it, but just to an extent. Mm-hmm. Because when somebody's stuck in their ways, it's hard for them to see that other side. That's one of the hardest things I've had to accept is when people are stuck in their ways. How do you let it go? How do you Ooh. deal with it? That's really... Ooh fucked me up <laughs> but oh, also man. a blessing when i've been able to let it go finally you can't change people like i learned that most with my father and it like translated over into my relationships with women the women that i loved i learned with especially my latest relationship this was like the most learning i've ever had because i came into the relationship so wise so experienced i'm mm-hmm. 33 right, right, right so i've dealt with a lot of women i've made a lot of mistakes Right. But I was dating a 26-year-old girl. It was the best relationship I had out of all my relationships. Because, mm-hmm. like, we connected on another level. It was, just a, it was a really deep connection, but it happened really fast. Mm-hmm. And it was a year and a half. But I've never felt more connected to anybody. Age comes into play. 
and experience and inexperience and people stuck in their ways and people still learning and trying to figure out who they are. I'm still going through it. I've only been single for three months. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to ask. So clearly you're comfortable enough in your life where you love yourself. Oh my God. I know who I am. I'm so comfortable in my skin. My friends tell me all the time. That's what's crazy. You know who you are. Like I'm amazed. And Bianca, like some people are 70 years old and they don't get to figure that out. I know. I'm blessed that at, at 30, I figured it out at 32. I was just about I figured, to say that. I figured blessed. it out at 32. Mm-hmm. It's, holy shit. I know who I am. I love myself. I love who I am. Like, I yeah. love being in my skin. I yeah. love everything about me. Like, I'm handsome. I'm a charming dude. Even though that's not what it's about. Like, at least, and not anymore. Like, at 33, like, I just want one person. <laughs> so you notice now, like, you see, and I don't know if it's a red flag but what you see when someone is hurt and they don't like themselves and you're like, yeah, but it's do I hard to help you. Do I not? Then this is my issue. My issue is I'm an emotionally driven person. So even if I do see the logical aspect of it, I'm mm-hmm. still going to go with what I feel. I'm going to follow my heart. Right. Yeah. I know you have this problem. I know that I can't fix this for you. Right. But I'm going to stick by your side. And right. I'm going to deal with it till I can't deal with it anymore because I don't want this feeling to go away. Totally. Because it's such a real feeling and the connection is there. So then what happens is you build and you build with this person, build and you build and you create greater connections. You meet, they, their family falls in love with you. You love their family. Oh my that, God. Once that the person, family gets involved, it's oh, like. Oh, forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> that person, you know. Am that, I that more person, in love with the family or you? I don't even know. No, I'm. Break up. I don't even want to think about the well, breakup. If we break up. <laughs> being, how, being how self-aware I am with of my feelings, like I knew I was, I love this girl more than anybody, even the, her family. I love this girl. The definitely still got my heart. And I think 10 years from now, I think that girl's always going to have a place in my heart. Like it's, she has my heart and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, yeah, I fell in love with you at a hundred percent. I've never yeah. fell in love with any girl at a hundred percent. Part of your self-love journey right there. Hell like, yeah. Able to be like, I fell in love with you at a hundred percent and I see the growth in myself because it was not like that before. Never, never. But that's because I knew who I was. She could never understand as to how, why I was so certain about her. She was like, why do you have such certainty in me? Why do you know that you love me? Why do you, how do you know this? Why do you know that you want to be with me forever? I was like, because I know, because I'm totally okay with seeing you every day for the rest of my life. You're coming at my heartstrings right now. Yeah. And because it's real, it's it's probably hurting you because it's real. And she felt the same way. She can only feel that way to a certain extent because she still doesn't understand her. And that's so okay. And she probably has all these other feelings that she still hasn't assessed yet. And that is so okay. And when she expressed herself to me, she told me like, I can't love you. She's like, I love you more than anybody, mm-hmm. but I know I can't love you the way you love me right now. Oh. And yeah. my world, it was so funny because like, I didn't cry. I didn't break down. I was like, oh. <laughs> You're like, Okay. I get it. Yeah, like, like you get it, but fuck, man. Why do I get like, to be sure right now? And yeah, like, like ending of that shit. And don't get me wrong. She did an amazing job at loving me. And I, I would never discredit her. Like she, she loved me so much. Like I think she still does love me, but she's just not in that part of her life. You know what I mean? And that's going back to what we were talking about. We can't control where people are at. Yes. In, in the positionings of their life. And their decision-making. I could reinforce positive energy and love to you as much as I want, but if you don't want to take it in at this point in life, 
I'm wasting my energy. And the fact that she, I give her credit because she was mature enough to realize that for me and said, yo, we have to end this now because we're both only going to hurt each other. I was just about to say that because there's so many different levels to what you're describing right now. And it actually was, even though she's at a place in her life where she's still figuring out herself and she was so self-aware enough. Yeah. And that's who that's, I respect that. I respect her side and I respect it on your side. What you both did was not easy because the average person in a relationship would have just stayed because they would have been selfish and been like, yeah, but I'm going to stay and just fuel my desire and my Mm -hmm. want and not think about the other person. I was impressed beyond measures. Like I was like, yo, and I couldn't, and it sucks. I, I couldn't even tell her. I was like, yo, I wish you knew how much you do know you who you are, but you're just not, you're not ready to walk into that light yet. And, but I can't push you into that light. You'll get there when you want to get there. And I got to deal with this broken heart now. <laughs> and I'm sure her heart is broken too, in a different way. For sure. oh, it, it sucks. Like we've, I have, I've never spoken to her since that day. I've, Till this day, I'm, and it kills me because there was closure, but not really. But what's closure? Like people what have it, to go their separate ways. I don't know what closure is. Yeah, don't there's know no how such you. Clo- there's no such thing as closure. They're just moving forward, and there's things that's coming. There's things. The term coming full circle. Things yeah. come full circle, not at your timing, not when you want it to happen, but it happens. Yes, yes, yes. So. I, I I feel that I feel I try to be a pretty even person, like de-escalate stressful things. And sometimes when I do that, it makes it even worse. So when I have been in relationships, me breaking up, it's not, nah, I just want us to be good. I want us to be friends. I want like that in my head, in my like, I would love that. I was naive enough to think that maybe that could happen. We'll just be good. Like we can go our separate ways. And we'll still be cool. And still be platonic. No. But, and that closure is not going to happen. The closure has to come within yourself, not in a mutual thing with the other person. No one plans a breakup. That's not, that doesn't happen. And so a lot of my closure, I had to go through it. These three months that you're talking about right now, my last closure, I I don't even know. It, It took me... I'm still going through it. I, I <laughs> believe it. Still, it still affects me. It still pops into my mind. It gets better as each day goes on. And it is really true that time really does heal everything. Time Nothing. does heal. Time does heal. And you're allowed to go through all of those angry stages. Yeah. Oh my God. And express yourself. And especially that's what I was going to go into next. Like, how did you deal with the, with your art? Um, Cause of this. Yeah. If it wasn't for this, that I'm pointing at you're recording me anyway. But yeah, if it wasn't for this, <laughs> I would have jumped out of window because when she did break up with me, I was beating myself the fuck up. Like oh, I yeah. was beating myself the fuck up. I was like, Dean, how? You've learned so much. Your relationship was so healthy. You guys never argued. And if you did, it was about such petty things. You guys always came to resolutions. You guys were great at communicating. Like what, where did you, what did you do wrong, Dean? What the fuck? Right. And it's, and it's you didn't cheat. You didn't do anything. Did she want that? Did she want you to be like, did she want you to be a bad boy? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, you start like second guessing everything. In those situations, that situation is almost worse when it's it's good and it had a, a mature split like yours did. Then you start yeah. racking your brain even more like, oh, shit. Right. So then wh- what happens is that I was like, yo, what am I doing? And in the process of my relationship with her, 
I was already working on all the music that I had planned to start like reeling out that I'm doing in such a constant. Like every week I drop a visual every week. I mm-hmm. like she knew all this stuff I was ramping up to do. Right. So people say, oh, are you doing this so consistently because you broke up? I was like, no, this was in the plans. Okay. I'm sure she I'm sure she watches my videos and, and sees my shit. And she's like, yeah, I've been I've always known he was going to do this because he right. told me he was going to flood starting November. He's been working on this. We'd be on vacation. I'd be on vacation with her. I'd be writing music. I'd be next to her in bed. I'd be writing. I'd be practicing. Right. She'd be like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm sharpening my sword because I'm about to drown everybody. So then when we broke up with it, what it allowed was it just it did fuel me. But it, I'm going to give you the two sides. Positively, it fueled me in terms of, okay, I have free time. I have more free right. time. That's, that was the positive. Right. The negative was like, I was so angry at that point. I wrote 15 songs about that girl. 15 songs that no, that will, no one will ever hear. Like, I'll let her hear them. You released it. So I took that drive and then I redirected the anger that I put into the music that I wrote about her or the, even the depression, the sadness I'm still depressed a little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm getting through it every day with every day. Yeah. And I yeah. redirected that energy. I try to flip it to positive energy. And then I just started making the more music for my album because I was working on my album since last year. But all the songs just started were just correlated to her. Right. Everything was her. Everything was her. And I was like, I can't make an album like this. What the fuck? I can't drop an album all about her. I can't make I can't make an album like this. What the So that's the thing. All of our friends are all that's what he meant when. Everyone uptown knows each other. So his friends know my friends who know their friends, who know someone else's cousin, who knows someone else's. Friends have dated people's cousins. The friends dated that friend. Oh, boy. Yeah. And it it, it creates this. We're all a big family, but there's a lot of there's a lot going on. A lot of Game of Thrones shit going on. (laughs) Game of Thrones. That's hilarious. We're all a family. A whole lot of fucking Lannister shit going down. (laughs) Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the people we want to listen will listen. And all the people we don't want to listen will listen. Let us progress. Let us. Let us. We are progressing. We're yeah. progressing. We both are, which is a great thing. Yeah, of course. In the words of Jay-Z, I hold that. Maybe we can be we again like we were. Mm-hmm. I, I live by that. But it's a hard concept to grasp. But you have to be very mature. You have to be very mature. That takes time. Yeah. Hey, man. God's plan. You feel me? Just positive energy. Keep moving forward and stay positive and put that positive energy out there. Don't wait on anybody. Mm -hmm. But it's the perfectly normal thing to have hope. Okay to have hope. Hope hope is good. Hope is good as long as it's realistic hope. Sometimes for me, I feel like what I've learned and I've grown from is that I would have these expectations. Like I can save this person. I can see like the future and see this almost not the perfect version, but the improved version, like the better version of us. And then it's Mm -hmm. okay, but you're not living in the now you're just, you just keep hoping and you're setting yourself up for failure. And that was something that I learned hard, but once it hit me, cause it hit me after I was like, okay, word, like I need to, I just need to be so good with myself that I'm just hoping for good things for myself in the future. I'm not hoping for this, that, and the third with this person to work out if it happens. If it doesn't, then oh, yeah. it is what it is. Oh, yeah. A year from now, I'm going to be in a whole different realm. Like, I'm going to be in a, around a lot of different people. So I just hope I, I continue to stay grounded and I meet somebody as grounded as me. What do you mean you're going to be around different people? What's happening? Oh, like 
I'm manifesting in terms of the music. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to be in a different place a year from now. That's awesome. For sure. You, as like, you should be. So I'm going to be around a different pool of people. So I just want to make sure that I remain who I am and true to self exactly. while being around all these fake people. Explain to everyone what you do and how long you've been um, doing it and what inspired so, you. So little do people know, <laughs> I am, I don't want to say rapper, I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. Because not only do I write raps, but I'll write songs, I'll write scripts. But right now I'm on the artist side of things and I'm pursuing this rap. But I've been doing this for 10, 10 years. Mm-hmm. 2013, I had a really good run. But then I fell in love with a girl and I moved to Staten Island. Then I came back. And that's when you saw me and I came back. Like I was really back. And yeah. I was out and I was out here wilding out, being a little toxic. Yep. We saw. Yeah. It's okay. I was wilding out, being toxic. And then... I met this girl. Mm-hmm. I met her and she lined me back up in the place mm-hmm. in terms of like balance. She gave me that she doesn't realize. She gave me such balance. Like mental health Ew. pushed me. A, a thousand percent, man. A thousand percent. And that, sometimes, it, and it's that, funny because I feel like a lot of times artists, they'll, you'll hear, no, you, you don't got to be with anybody because that's going to distract you. That's going to hold you back from your art, all this stuff. But no. what you're saying is, cause I've also, I've been in a relationship where I learned like how to be healthy again. And a, same thing you're talking about after being mm-hmm. in a toxic situation and to have that support with someone being like, you're really good at this. Yeah. No, keep going. Yeah. I, I support you in everything you're doing. That does actually help an artist when you do oh have that support and love. Tenfold, tenfold. And so I totally feel that. I feel you because when you the have world. people, when you have people slacking on you or doubting you for, because you said you've been doing it for 10 years, you start yeah. to get to a point in your career where you are like, I, I know rejection will come. I'll deal with it. I know... Yeah that a lot of disappointments will happen. Yeah. And so you almost have to just be like, you just don't expect things from people. But when you have the, the people that show up and do support oh my you, God. you're like, so self-assuring. it's so helpful to artists in general. It makes I you know, believe in you. Exactly. It makes you, so that's why, I don't know. Do you have other artists in your life? You guys help each other. Oh yeah, definitely. My friends that I always invite to my house, let's feed off each other's energy. Like, yeah. I do that all the time. Even my music right now, I get so many messages because of how consistent I am with my music. I get messages from all the artists uptown. They're like, yo, thank you for inspiring me to keep going. Thank you for driving me. And so that really like concreted what my purpose is in life. And it's to do this music. That's what mm-hmm. like really told me like, Dean, this is what you are. You're an artist. You're an artist at its purest form. Not only do you make great music and you're learning to make greater music, you're inspiring others to keep going and to believe in that they can get, they can do it too, regardless of whatever stipulations they have to face or they're going through oh, or totally. how, whatever, whatever restrictions, like you got to break through those walls. You feel me? Like yeah, I have yeah, a full-time yeah. job and yeah. when I clock out, I'm really clocking in to come work here and exactly. sit here and fucking chip away. Exactly. You feel me? Oh, I so feel you. It's hard. I think that's where people start to give up while being an artist is because you have to have a job. You have to be able to balance. It's hectic. Yeah, like it doesn't stop. I'm always busy. Exactly. I'm always busy. How do you keep going? How do you keep doing that? Because you're in your purpose. Exactly. That's right. the only drive you need. When you find your purpose, you find, I know who I am and I know what I want to do with my life. You want half the battle of life. Exactly. Like, life is, damn, he's up 10 points. We got to throw him some obstacles. Like, 
we gotta make shit hard. You feel me? Right, exactly. He's figuring this shit out too quick. What? Yeah, yeah. We gotta throw some lessons at him. Yeah. And then he'll learn and he'll keep growing. Yeah. That's what it is. So what do you mean when you say you're consistent about it? I write music every day. Okay. That doesn't mean that I'm writing amazing records every day. No. Mm -hmm. It just means that I'm shooting my free throws. I'm practicing. I'm sharpening my pen. I'm keeping my mind sharp. Even if I can't think of music to write, I'll write how my day was. Just that muscle memory. Okay, I'm going to write about what I did today or like a little monologue script. That's how you stay consistent and you keep believing in, okay, okay, I didn't finish the song today, but I'm going to finish it tomorrow. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to finish it tomorrow. I'm going to do this or I'm going to get inspired by something else because, you know, inspiration is a big factor. Mm -hmm. But also you don't have to be inspired to write. Like I said, I'll write about my day because I need that muscle memory. Yo, you're working on your craft in any way. That's that's awesome because I haven't heard someone give that advice because a lot of artists have written in who were looking forward to these episodes being like, what do you do when you hit writer's block? And I think that's so interesting that if There's, you yeah. that creativity, you just keep writing about your day. Just yeah, yeah. Like I look at writer's block as a shape. What do you do? You can go around shapes. You can go around the block. You can walk around yeah. the block. You just have to figure out that way to walk around the block. There's another exactly. route. There's always another way. Right. So, fuck, I can't write these fucking dope-ass bars. Like, I'm writing bullshit right now. Yeah. All right, that's fine, Dean. Put on your favorite show and just start writing about what you did today. Or write, write a letter. Write something like anything. Write your name down 50 times. Just stay in that mindset of writing. Mm -hmm. If you're, these are for true writers. And don't get me wrong. There's those people with raw talent that only write when they're inspired and they write the most amazing record in the world. Right. That's not me. That's not who I am. I have to write every day. I love that. And, um, music is opinionated. Artistry is opinionated. You can never say, very much do so believe you can never say you're better than anyone. I will never say that. Oh, I rap better than this person. I rap better than... No, we have different linguistics. We speak in a different dialect. There's exactly. so many different ways that we deliver our, our feelings. If you can portray your feelings through music, you did a good job. Right. Now, how am I better than you? Because I'm fucking working every day. I'm yes. going to outwork every single person next to me. Thank That's why I'm better. Yes. Thank you That's for why I'm better. saying that. Thank you for saying that because I, I literally everything you just said is... It inspired me just in that moment. But I feel you because it's so subjective what we do. One person can look at your song. One person can look at me acting out one scene and see something completely different than the other person. And 1, it may, someone else may fucking hate it, but another person may fucking love it. And that's just life. That is life. And that's why you have to be so comfortable, so good with yourself, because not everyone is going to love your shit. Not everyone is going to. And that's just a thousand percent. So my roommate listens to my music. I don't like that song. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm sorry. You don't like it, bro. It's cool. Right. (laughs) It's cool. Right. It's cool. Somebody else is going to like it. Someone else is going to like it. But what matters most, B, what matters most, you like it. Right. I like it. I feel comfortable with what I just said. And if it doesn't hit anyone's ears to their liking, that's okay Because I liked it. Right. I liked it. I'm my number one fan. I'm the person who has to keep going. Right. You know? You just, you said it. You exactly said it. And you know what's so interesting is that when I first was coming out with the podcast, you were one of the first people to DM me. And for whatever reason, and this is why I knew that I was going to have you on the podcast, because you DM me being like, yo, this is awesome, blah, blah, blah. 
I'm proud of you. And yeah. And I just happened to be having a day where I was feeling some doubts about it. And Mm -hmm. I spoke to you and you sent me a few paragraphs being like, you got to be focused. You got to just know that what you're doing is going to, it's going to help other people, which is, you just have to be confident in that. And I swear to God that when I spoke to you that night, I was like, you know what? I, it like flipped my mindset. Like it flipped the mindset for this podcast because I was like, he's right. I cannot doubt it. I just need to, I just need to do what feels good for me. And everything that I've done, every time I've listened to my gut as far as like picking people, even if I don't even know them, as far as like style, it's all been catered to what feels good for me. And putting that out there has felt so good. And I don't even care what anyone else thinks like i'm gonna help the people that i want to help i'm so happy that's what i'm just saying like how people were telling you you inspired me like yeah putting stuff out there because it inspired me to keep going with what i'm doing and that's how i felt like i was like okay you made me remind myself okay i gotta keep that was my do it and that was my intention and that and not only for people that i care about like yourself and but like anyone i was going on a little stint of just hitting random people up that I see our artists, a hundred followers. Yo, Hey bro, I know you don't know me. Keep going. If you don't think you're great, trust me. I know you will be great. Like shit. I was messaging people. Maybe I was going through a little bit of a, a little off moment. Cause I was like <laughs> going through my breakup in the beginning, but I was hitting people up. Yo, you can do this. You can do that. And when you get to know people, then that's when you start gaining even more perspective and life lessons that you can use to influence your art and the magic exactly people and that's are beautiful, why like, man. People i know are beautiful. people are so beautiful and i miss locksmith so much like i miss fridays and saturdays shit. shout out to locksmith shit. that's the reason locksmith. why we're all shout out to oscar shout out to ryan shout out to joel we love you guys we shout out to juan in the kitchen making an amazing menu <laughs> for them just the support from them I I felt so grateful when they also reached out to me and being like, we're so proud of you. And Locksmith is a local bar for us, but they have created a space for all of us to feel comfortable to go to, to feel like, oh, you're not alone. And I know for me as an artist, when I was struggling, I was just like, I was not in a good place. Granted, I went there to drink. So I was was coping. You be in a pit. I'm like, all right, I'm going to fill this void right now. Exactly. Exactly. But at the same time, they were still there and it was consistent. And when you're struggling and trying to find yourself and figure out who you are, having places like that in your neighborhood are really important. And I think that's a place for all of us to go to. The place where like-minded people are going because we want to have this community where we support each other. And so I really felt the support from them. And I met you through Locksmith. So of course, I'm sure you feel the support. I'm forever grateful for Locksmith. And they've helped me at the, like the deepest abysses of my bottom of the endless pit that I was falling. I know. I feel you. I felt the same way. Like I would be there and I would be so, I would be a mess. I would be struggling. They knew what I was going through and they, they would care in ways to be like, okay, whether I was there on a really busy night, you, it would be someone, it would be Ryan, whoever's outside being like, me, come on. Or if it was a slow night, they'd be like, let's talk. How are you doing? What checking in and just showing up for people like that in your life is so important. Checking in with people because not everyone's going to be honest. And when I was struggling and dealing with all the toxic shit in my life, those were the people that were asking me if I was okay. And that really meant a lot to me. And I'm sure you feel the same way. They, they've only pushed me to be better. 
Right. Yeah. Never. We're never lucky. a moment. Never we a moment. We definitely are lucky. We're just all ready for locksmith sum- summer nights. <laughs> we're all. Yeah. Ready. I'm not re- I, I, like. Are we shit. ready? I don't I, I, know. I, I, <gasps> yeah, man. I don't know. I'm ready to go make a pop my head in there every once in a while. But like, these kids are wild now, bro. Yeah, I know. Crazy. It, and for everyone who doesn't know about locksmith, it is the spot in the heights that you go to. Friday nights for sure. We well, no, it started to turn into Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, not, they have the best DJs uptown. Yeah, Q and like, Hassan did that Thursday R and B. That, oh, that shit was my really favorite. fucking favorite. Shout out to Locksmith again. Shout out to Locksmith. I love you, man. So we're wrapping up, but where do you see yourself as an artist in five years? Definitely well off financially. I don't really care about money like that, but mm-hmm. I just care about being stable, mm-hmm. making sure my mom and family is good. Five years, I'll be doing what I love, which is music. Um, definitely doing music for myself. I'm definitely going to be doing music for others. Definitely going to be like co-producing on shows, writing for shows. I'm going to be all over the place in terms of that. But I'm going to be, I'm going to be financially stable off of doing something I love, which is this. That's where I will be in five years. I will be I able to that. feed my family and help my family through what I'm doing right now, what I'm attempting to do, mm-hmm. which will be successful yes and and i'm gonna know it. hell yeah and you believe in yourself i i only see that i've been seeing that since i was 18 like i was like nah i'm supposed to be doing music i'm gonna be okay like i know I am. you're so gonna be okay i'm gonna have the battle baby exactly i want to have the battle like five years from now we you're gonna be doing this in a padded fish studio and you're gonna be touching back up with me like all right let's talk about this five year shit that i asked you about yeah. look where you're at now Oh, don't give me that annoying voice. <laughs> oh, all right, Dean. Let me lower the tone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years? That is a great question. And I've been thinking about that a lot. I think I was thinking about that before this interview. So I'm happy you asked. I do want to have a studio. I do want to be hopefully making money from this and just... The audience, I want to grow, but not just because they have followers, but I want it to be able to reach all different types of people because I want the podcast to be inclusive. I want it to have all different perspectives. Like we're talking about mm-hmm. one perspective this month, but I have mm-hmm. so four really completely different guests. So that's purposely done so that it reaches multiple pe- different types of people. And yeah. with that, because I'm bringing on all these different guests, I want to create resources for people who are struggling and to be like, okay, you're struggling with bipolar disorder. You're struggling with an abusive relationship. You're stuck Mm -hmm. and you're a struggling artist and Mm -hmm. you don't know how to start your career. And so I'm creating this network of people that's going to become this big thing, hopefully in five years, that I'm going to have an agency that I'm signed with. I'm going to be sponsored. I'm going to be able to bring all of y'all with me to help other people feel good about themselves. And I'm going to have a studio. It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Let me help you look at the glass half full. Hold Mm -hmm. on, wait. Okay. You got to look at the glass half full. Okay. You see the microphone in front of you? Yeah. See the mic? Yep. You got the headphones on, right? I do. You're using a computer, right? I am. You already got a studio. So So you're you're winning. 
they okay yeah you're right you're right then i want to have my own studio but i will have my own studio and i'll be able to bring all my guests in pandemic will be over we'll Mm -hmm. all be able to come to the studio and collab and i can't wait yeah i'm super super excited for that so to end what advice do you have to struggling artists who just are really questioning whether or not they should be doing what they're doing or feeling like low and in a funk because we're emotional people um and it's it can be hard to the struggling artists from me if this is your plan a make sure you don't have a plan b that's it it's the only option it's the only option exactly that's it i love that Thank you so much. This was, I'm so happy you were Me. on the show. Seriously, this was, this Thank was you. awesome. How I'm do you feel? Happy like- for you. Thank I love you. you. I'm you so too. proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Follow me at Dean period Morel. All my music and visuals are on Instagram. So right now, just stay tuned to my Instagram at Dean period Morel. That's it. Positive vibes only. Okay, so that's a wrap for today. Make sure to follow Beautifully Nasty on all social media accounts, Instagram and Twitter at Beautifully Nasty Pod. And please email me at beautifullynastypod at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us or if you want to be a guest on the show, please feel free to reach out and also make sure you subscribe on all Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all podcast platforms. Please subscribe, download the episodes. That is the most important thing to do. Download the episode. I would so appreciate that. And review reviews are amazing. They help us out so much. So if you like what you heard, please review and rate it just to give us a little love. Much appreciated. Also, when you subscribe, you'll be the first one to know when new episodes drop. I'll be releasing a new episode every Wednesday. And this month is all about loving yourself as a creative. So all y'all artists, make sure to listen up. We got a bunch of guests who are all different creatives and they will be bringing their perspectives on the industry in which they are. They'll be talking all about how to love yourself when it gets really hard, how to make money as a creative, what to do when you're first starting off, how to juggle multiple jobs. They're talking about it all. And also as an artist during the pandemic, we are all going through it. The point of this podcast is so people know that we are all in this together. So please support the podcast and support the artists. And finally, please follow me on Instagram, Bianca Vitali with three E's underscore at the end. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the Beautifully Nasty podcast and make sure that you love on yourself this week. Do something special for yourself. We all got this together. Have a great week.